Welcome, welcome, welcome to Thirst of Knowledge Podcast, episode 21. I'm James Evers. I'm Justin. And I'm Seth Tardiff. And today on the episode, we have Kenny Bean. And Kenny talks about his pilgrimage out in Spain. Yeah, so uh, Kenny was nice enough to come on the show and share the details of a trip that he took last year to Spain, where he walked the Camino de Santiago. And he goes over stuff like uh, the logistics that you need to do to plan out a trip, you know, how uh, how good his girlfriend was at planning that trip for him, and um, the gear that he had to get along the way, and all the different adventures that he had. And, and how, how to kill boars yes, with a Swiss Army knife. knife. Yes, exactly. Yeah, very, very cool stuff. So thanks so much, Kenny, for coming on the show, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Enjoy. 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 Goddamn blue honey. Yeah, it's good. Cool. Cool, drinking cool. the same thing? Justin? Yeah, I'm drinking the same thing. It's it's, it's very nice. It's golden y. Golden yeah. brown. Why are we here today? What are we doing? What are we doing? Are we doing are we podcasting? We're today? doing a podcast today, yeah. That's cool. Well, we've got a guest <coughs> today, guys, on the podcast. It's been a while. Yeah. Mm. Who is this guest? So, Who is this man sitting in front of me? Um, this is the infamous Kenny Bean. Kenny Bean. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, Kenny hey, Bean. Kenny. What are you drinking today, Kenny Bean? Lime seltzer. Nice. By Polar. Mm. I can get behind some Polar. Giving off some lime notes. Plenty of them. Mm. Awesome. (laughs) So, um, we have Kenny on the podcast today to talk about a pretty cool trip that he did last year. I believe it's called the Camino de Santiago. It is, yeah. Nice. I've never heard of this before. Neither have I. This was something that kind of came up. We We were sitting over a fire... Uh, what was it, late Labor Day weekend or something like that? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. right? Yeah. And and you happened to come up in conversation about this, this like, pilgrimage you did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty fascinating, man. It, it's, uh, so you did this last year? Yeah, so September into October. I believe we flew out, like, September 3rd, I believe, okay. and came back October 17th. Okay. So... About a month and a half. Yeah. Dang. So. So how did this start? Where did you? <laughs> what's the origin story of? So uh, there's a um, there's a movie called The Way. Um, with Martin Sheen. With Martin Sheen. Directed by Emilio Estevez. What? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I just I just watched it today, Kenny. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. In, in preparation <laughs> did for you this podcast, I, no. I came in like uh, ten minutes. He saw the last the fifteen minutes of it. Yeah. <laughs> I've, been, I've never watched, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Was it? Uh, if I can remember, it was directed you know, by a lot about this. Emilio <laughs> Estevez. Yeah. No. So um, the way Seth just watched it, but yeah. um, I had watched that like years ago, like Showtime, HBO, something. Sure. I, don't, I don't know what it was. Flipping their channels, like, oh, this looks interesting. Watched it, pretty cool. And then, like, three years ago or so, uh, hang with my girlfriend. We were fairly new at the time, you know, a couple months in. And she mentions how she'd always want to do this this trip. I believe I was drunk. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, let's do it. And so we did it. That, that's really, like, I'm like, oh, I'd never met anybody else who knew about this aside from, like, just myself like you know I, you read stuff online and sure 
But aside from that, like I'd never met anybody else who'd even a watched the movie or b knew what that trail was aside from the movie. And then she mentioned it. We were talking about it back and forth, and we just asked, she's like, "Oh, would you ever go?" And I'm like, "I would definitely do that." Yeah. She's like, "Let's do this." And I'm like, "Okay, okay, yeah." yeah. And she's like, "I graduate, uh, such and such. You know, I forget the date." And she's like, "I have to finish my internship after that." She was in the middle of getting her master's, and then she's like, "When I finish my master's, you want to go?" I'm like, "Okay." And we we didn't really bring it up any any time after that for like another like year or so. And then fast forward and. She brings it up again as her out for drinks. But yeah, we're doing this. <laughs> so, like, we we tell a few people, make a few jokes about uh, the, I forget the name of the song, but the I Would Walk 500 Miles yeah. song. Oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. the commute is about 520 miles. Damn. Okay. okay. So, make a few jokes about that over some drinks with, you know, some friends and stuff. <laughs> and like, okay, well, we've been saying we're going to do this for almost a year now but we just told other people so now we have to do yeah, it yeah because you're, yeah. make, you're making it real when yeah. you tell other people yeah exactly yeah. we made yeah. just, we just made this real yeah. so um about a month later it was like sitting on the couch it was like black friday or something I'm like i'm gonna buy tickets so i bought some plane tickets and then that's just that was the, the planning process okay I aside from a few friends when we went out to go get some drinks that 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 first time there hadn't told anybody else until we bought until i had bought plane tickets and i'm like okay well we're going to spain for six weeks <laughs> so when sweet. you bought them you so you said black friday right yeah so it was for the following year so you're almost buying it like a year in advance Correct. pretty much yeah yeah, okay. yeah, yeah i bought okay. i bought it the november prior to us going okay and did you book the round trip, or do you just book the one way, and then when you're over there, you figure out like when you're coming back? So we hadn't uh, we hadn't figured out how long we would need to take take to go over just yet. A lot of people will do that; they'll just go over and be like, "I don't need to work. I don't have a job. I just quit." You know, have ex- you know, limited um, income for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and then I'll just figure out when I'm over there and buy a trip home. We didn't have the luxury of doing that because about a week later, I received an invitation for one of my good friend's wedding. I was in the wedding, uh, and yeah. that was actually like exactly six weeks. So we actually oh, got wow. home. Like I said, we got home the seventeenth. <coughs> the eighteenth was the wedding. Oh, <laughs> so if there was any, if there was any, um, any delays, any any mishaps on the plane, anything like that. Would we would have screwed. Yeah, yeah, yeah we would have yeah. missed that wedding. Yeah, definitely. We didn't, but we would have. Wow, that's pretty good. Damn. But so we found out, like, okay, we need as much time as possible to do this. So she went out, and I'm like, I bought the tickets there. She bought the tickets back for that for the day beforehand. So was that um, was the first step of this trip pretty much you just buying the tickets? Had you done any like real research other than just watching the movie or anything? No. <laughs> Personally, I had not planned on doing any more research okay. aside from being like oh this is where we go this is where we start and i just need to buy some shit okay that okay. i i had no intention about on doing any real research yeah um up until that point that's kind of just how i live my life <laughs> quarter mile at a time i get it yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it. most of the time i wouldn't make it to the end of that quarter mile but you know but um i just that's just how i lived and i didn't really feel it was necessary to do any more research thankfully she did a lot more research that's, that's what i was gonna that, say yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah you're here you didn't get eaten by coyotes so that's good yeah 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 exactly i don't think they have coyotes over there no yeah i could be wrong i'm they, probably wrong you gotta have something that i'll eat you though yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, Panthers, Cougars, Wolverines. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, you uh, you buy your plane tickets. That's the first. That's the first thing. Yeah. And then, how long goes before you're like, all right, we actually need to get prepped for this thing? So, we talked about it a lot. Yeah. Um, as far as like training goes, like you, you do go on, you, you read a lot of forums, you read a, read a lot online, read a few books and stuff like that. A lot of people talk about how, you know, you, you watch the movie today and yeah. Martin Sheen's character, he doesn't do any training. He goes out there to retrieve his, spoiler, dead sun ashes. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, you've learned that pretty quick in the movie yeah, too. Yeah, but um, before, no, what he intends to do is just come home. Yeah. And he had no prior training, um, didn't try to do anything prior to that and just ends up going on the on the way himself you read that a lot of people have done exactly that there's others that just start training a month to six weeks prior and we kept saying we were going to do that and we didn't so like start <laughs> like actually going on walks or exactly yeah some we, kind of physical activity to prepare yourself to walk 500 miles exactly and yeah. i mean we did a little bit of it here and there um aside from our daily life um nothing super extensive yeah uh, we did a few hikes we did excuse me Manadnock okay twice that summer yeah but that's something i would have done anyway yeah sure um but and this is more my idea than hers but i'm like oh let's just get over there and i was kind of pushing for that so we, we did a few like i said we did Manadnock. Mm-hmm. uh did a couple other hikes and and you know, we threw a pack on, I think, the week before and did just, like, a, a few small passes and, like, local bike trails and stuff just to make sure we were used to our packs. Um, but aside from training and or lack thereof <laughs> and then going out and actually buying a whole bunch of stuff. So, you know, we, we tried to read uh, a little bit of what was going on. Uh, we watched The Way, like, probably twice a day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but uh, we, we did end up watching that movie, like, twice prior to going. Um and that was actually kind of cool. Like, I wouldn't suggest that as a tool if anybody were to go, but it is pretty cool to wa- watch that and then see different like monuments that y- you do see in the movie. And be like, oh, okay, they did film it here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it, as far as training goes, I just went out and bought some stuff. So did you um, read any actual books? that were about it or guidebooks like in the movie they made there's like there's the dutch guidebook and then like the guy who's the writer like oh there's been a bunch of books written about this and everything so there's a great comic book (laughs) (laughs) of course (laughs) um no so i so i did read there there is a comic book um that i read prior to going um the the writer i think he is from like denmark or something like that Mm -hmm. um and it's um the author is called jason that's just that's just what he goes by. Okay. And um, it's very akin to, like, your Sunday funnies, like, that style. Okay, uh, yeah. And it's a full book, and it marks his journey trying to do this as, like, a pilgrimage because he was in a writer's block. Oh. And so, like, th- this was the first one of his personal, like, comics that was a memoir. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so I read that, and then I would read, like, um, like different things online. Um, so like I started reading a blog of a woman who had who had um, walked it a few years prior, and then there's also a Facebook group for called like uh, Americans on the Camino or American Pilgrims on the Camino, something of that nature. Mm-hmm. And I would read posts uh, on there as well. I didn't read any books about it once again until I got there. 
Um, my girlfriend had read a couple of books as well. Um, there was a guidebook that she read and then that we took with us. And then she read another one by somebody who had actually read, um, walked it back in like 2002, maybe. I, I, for, I forget what it was. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I personally didn't read anything yeah. until we got over there. Okay. What Dang. was so your your motivation was you saw the way you were yeah. like oh that's neat and then your girlfriend brought it up and you're like yeah that would be cool to do that sometime and then you, you just bought tickets and then it became a little bit more real yeah what was her what was her motivation like how did she come across this <laughs> so coincidentally. She'd also watched The Way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right? Um, no, but so she had watched The Way years before we had ever met. Sure. And she just thought, like, that would be a really cool thing to do one day. Okay. And she had, like, continued reading it. And she she herself has always been fascinated with eventually possibly doing the ACT, um, the PCT, uh, yeah. some of these bigger trails. Um, that's one thing we share is hiking and stuff like that as well. But... I don't. Aside from just wanting to go over that, she's been several places by herself even before we were together. She did a big hike in Scotland, Ireland. Mm. She's been to different, plenty of countries all over the world wow. before we even got together. Okay. Um, so I think that was just something she was looking to do. Okay. Um, as well as maybe a personal pilgrimage for herself. Yeah. Because um, I know, uh, just kind of reading a little bit more about this it originally started as kind of like a, a pilgrimage for like a saint right saint james for saint J- yeah. saint james yeah. that's what okay. it means right the way of saint james yep. or something like yeah, that yeah exactly yeah but it, it you know as as it became more and more popular especially nowadays you know it, it's become less and less more less about a pilgrimage more about a you know just kind of finding your own motivations whether it is Self-exploration, you know, getting over writer's block. It's a self-pilgrimage. <laughs> it could be a self-pilgrimage. Yeah, yeah, it, quite, right? yeah, quite literally, yeah. Uh, uh, most of the people on the way don't walk it for, like, a religious pilgrimage. Okay. It's a pilgrimage, you know, like you said, for yourself. Uh, most people have some sort of reason for being there. Sure. Uh, there is a portion of them, like myself, that have no reason aside from I mean maybe that was my reason I still haven't figured it out but maybe that was my reason was trying to figure out why I was there yeah so the whole whole experience of it and everything like I imagine it's a magical thing regardless even if you don't have any weird thing you want to work out with yourself yeah just going out there like you know how we romanticize about doing the AT or whatever you're going to learn something about yourself a little bit while while you're doing all that walking not a lot of thinking time. There, yeah. yeah, there is a lot of that. Yeah. Um. So with the logistics of it all, you know, as far as gear was concerned, you know, what did you have to bring with you? So um, most people, uh, when they're walking the way, they don't, I mean, in different municipalities, you're allowed to camp out, um, not unlike, you know, um, the Appalachian Trail. But the majority of people stay in, essentially, their hostels, uh, but they're called albergues, which is essentially a hostel for somebody that is walking the way. Um, so you, when you start the way, you start off in a, um, right on a little town on the border of Spain and France. Okay. 
So you started the, at the same place that like Charlie Sheen or uh, Martin Mark. Sheen started in the movie? Exactly. Okay. Yep. All right, cool. So there is actually... Because you can start from different points, right? Yep. Yeah. So, so there is there's the um, there's that trail and there's another one that goes up through Portugal. And that's called the, the, the Way or Santiago de Portuguese, I believe. And then there's smaller ones that like intersect with each of them. Um, there's quite a few of them, but they all but lead to the same destination. Exactly, they all okay. go and converge on the same location. Yeah. Um, the two major ones are the Portugal, the Portuguese one, and then the the French one. So you start right on, um, right on the border of France and Spain. You show up at the um, the pilgrimage office, and everybody gets like, what they call it a passport. Uh, but it's a big fold-out book, and you're supposed, it it's, acts as your credentials along the way. So every time okay. you show up as an albergue, that proves to whoever it is you're checking in with that you are a pilgrim that's walking the way. And okay. that allows you to stay at these gotcha. at these inns along the way. And they could be owned by muni- municipalities and ran by the government, or they could be owned uh, and ran by the local church, or they could be privately owned. And, you know, that really only varies, or rather, those variations only vary in price. You're not really getting much more or less unless it's something for a significant amount more per night. Okay. And most of them would only be between, like, five and eight euro a night. What does that translate to USDs? So, yeah, so uh, I think... They're pretty close, Yeah, it was like a... Dollar twenty would be one euro. Okay, so was it's not when too, we were like there. Ten bucks a night. Damn, that's yeah. cheap per as hell. Person, right? yeah. Per cheap, person, right? Exactly per person. Right. So it'd be like yeah, so probably around eight to ten dollars a night for most of them. And then you'd have some nicer ones that would be like fourteen euro, so yeah. like sixteen bucks a night. Still, man, that's like a tenth of the price of like my local Motel Six, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Fuck. But also, if you think about it, you're there for like what sixty days or forty five days. Yeah, and so, every night you're probably sleep. Well, so I mean, true. it does add up, you know, sure. like five or six hundred bucks for the whole. Time. Yeah, it, it definitely adds up, but it is cheap. Yeah, comparatively speaking, and oh, yeah. they all have. Most of them have kitchens, uh, so you'd go in and you know go to the local grocer and um, get some buy some groceries for that day. Go back, you know, cook your meals if if you need to. Some of them, the more expensive ones that are off at like fourteen or fifteen euro. Uh, sometimes provide food. Um, we'll provide some sort of meal, be it breakfast or dinner. Sometimes both. Uh, they all have you know, your basic bathroom needs, bathroom necessities, and stuff like that. So it's um, we really didn't need to bring much gear. You bring the clothes on your back, maybe some snacks, a couple water bottles, either or you know a camel pack if you preferred, and then you know some good shoes. You're walking 520 miles. Yeah, and a book, you know, a phone, something of that nature. Okay. Um, I used a, a, I think it was a 45 liter pack, two pairs of shorts, three shirts, like four pairs of socks, I think. And that's it, aside from my phone, some headphones, and a book. So yeah. you guys didn't have any uh, camping gear or anything like that? No. Okay. You didn't have to, like, start fires and like purify water and shit <laughs> no i mean we i actually did bring some um like water purification tablets yeah but many places along the way they would have like fountains or like local like cities whenever you're walking through they would have 
fountains and there would be some stuff written in latin above them for the people for the pilgrims right um it's one thing that you learn when you're over there is like these people now at this point where it's so uh publicized and so yes so well known and the amount of people that walk the way a lot of the smaller villages and towns that you're walking through although they're very small still um so much of their economy is run by the people walking sure you know the, oh, yeah. the pilgrimage yeah so they definitely look out for a lot of the people doing that too yeah so is there like a season for this like is there a common season where people do it or is it just nice weather all the time so you can just um do they have a winter in spain i don't really know <laughs> so they do have a winter in spain it it, it is warmer than our winter more mild yeah um a lot more mild but most people do it anywhere is from like june-ish to end of october yeah um in their winter they don't really get snow but it is heavier rains and it is still cooler yeah um so you're not gonna want to uh be walking 20 miles in the rain in right. 45 degree weather yeah that would I suck th- i think when we were over there they said like because i had asked questions like that like oh how's how cold does it get in the winter and stuff like that uh usually the coldest it'll get is like 40 to 45 degrees it's not but, too bad yeah it's, it's not terrible damn I was thinking like, you know, like AT gear, like you've got this massive pack, you've got like all this like cooking stove and what like fucking scorpions. Yeah, man, but scorpions. That's not so bad. 45 liter pack. You know, just some, you know, quick essentials, change of clothes. Yeah. There definitely were plenty of people doing that. We've seen, I, I think, a little over a dozen different people along the way doing that at different points. Yeah. Um, the harder part about that is you're crossing through all these different cities, um, and a lot of times they're not going to allow you to just camp out the city borders. Right. So you'll have a longer walk, whereas, like, we would walk anywhere from, like, 15 to 20, sometimes 21 miles a day to get to the next city or the next, you know, village or small town. They would have to walk longer because they'd have to get make sure they're on the outskirts of that next city yeah um to camp out just off of the trail um and a lot of times you would see postings you know no making fires um and no camping out here there so you have to you have to look a lot harder to find somewhere where you can camp right um a few of the people's that we had seen that were also doing that too did have their dogs with them so I, i imagine that's one of the reasons why you didn't find a lot of hostels or albergues that allowed your dog with you. Sure. I would have tried it that way if we didn't have to fly over. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, it would have been a pain trying to get cooking utensils and through your, through you know, all that, through yeah. all that. Yeah. Yeah. When we were on our way over there, we didn't check luggage, took it right on the plane with us because I didn't want to lose anything. I didn't want to end up in, right. end up in France. We, we flew into Paris. I didn't want to end up in Paris with nothing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> On the way back, I didn't care. I checked my bag. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah. But as far as carrying it, yeah, I didn't. We didn't really bring much. Um, it definitely felt like a lot when you're walking a lot with a long way with it every day. Um, but yeah, aside from a few changes of clothes in the pack, it's not too bad. Water, yeah, it's, it's not too too bad. Because I know with like the AT, you have to like strategically like send packages ahead of your path and like yeah, that seems crazy. You've got to like plan your route and like you know order all your winter <laughs> gear and like yeah. How many how many pairs of boots did you go through? Just one. Just one. Yeah, right. yeah. So I actually I, I didn't wear them today. <laughs> I still have the same pair of boots. Um, I wore a low top, and they were just hiking sandals. 
or not sorry not hiking sandals hiking shoes okay and i also brought yep. with us a pair of like hiking sandals as well yeah for days when like my feet were a little bit swollen sure. from the day day before you know i walk a little bit in those and then also you could use them as shower sandals and stuff like that mm. um but i still have them that worked great it was like almost 200 bucks for a pair of good hiking shoes um but they were i think they were solomon yeah. i don't remember mm. which yeah. ones they were but solomon worked out great yeah cool is there anything you have to like watch out for doing this like like when it comes to like uh like bugs or crazy poisonous animals or like i don't know anything predator that's not animals safe. <laughs> yeah. is, is the trail like through the woods or is it like what's it goes through cities so, but is it all cities or is there sometimes like no so, so so it does go through it goes through you know cities small towns villages it'll go through you know wooded areas um like fields it, it goes through just about any terrain that they have in spain um we walked and hiked the pyrenees mountains which is a good sized mountain range uh right on the uh border of spain and france there's really nothing you really had to worry about there was a few stories we heard when we were over there about some wild dogs hmm. um <sighs> fuck <laughs> which it, it's something i i was kind of worried about um and then at one point we did see a whole herd of wild boar, which yeah. was significantly scarier than oh, yeah. just the story of dogs. Hell yeah. Um, so I think we were like on the trail for like two weeks at this point. And the one thing we liked doing was waking up as early as we could get, you know, get up five, five thirty, sometimes six and hitting the trail early. Uh, we often found that because most albergues are hostels you couldn't reserve online ahead of time. You had to, it was first come, first serve. You could do that with sometimes with a lot of them, but most of them you couldn't. So if you were the slow guys, or if you got there last, you weren't getting a room that night. You had to keep walking to the next town oh, until you could find a room. Oh, Whatever wow. happened to you guys? It almost did. Uh, it was our second night on the trail, and it, <laughs> it almost happened. Like We were walking around. We, we almost had, you know, we were scared shit. We weren't going to find anything. Yeah. And somebody came, like, we were, like, walking around. They could, I don't know if they could see us just walking around looking for something, but a woman came up and was like, oh, are you looking for an albergue? All in Spanish. Uh, we'd only been there for two days. Obviously, I did not prepare at all. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask. <laughs> yes. No, 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 did not prepare at all. Uh, tried to rely on high school. <laughs> Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could order a beer in Spanish and ask where the bathroom was. That's in my mind all I bio, needed to know. Oh shit, I don't know what you want, man. You want beer, toilet beer? <laughs> uh, thankfully she was offering us a room in her um, in her apartment. Oh wow. I yeah. guess she rents out her rooms. So she, it was like three or four bedroom place in an apartment right above um, like overlooking the rest like of the downtown area and all three other rooms were already rented out to other other people that are walking the way but that was it yeah. there was nothing else so i don't know if she was like scouting like local people like just like okay like which one of these guys are going to need a room um yeah which but, guy is wandering around aimlessly <laughs> yeah. yeah you want a room <laughs> yeah that's what it felt like yeah it was a little sketchy but we needed a bed to stay in yeah, yeah. Uh, but thankfully, like after that, we learned, okay, wake up early and get going. Wake up before everybody else get, wakes up. And if we can get ahead of people, then we can stop earlier. Stop earlier, then we got a bed. Yeah, right. So we like, to, we like to do that. And it was probably two weeks in, wake up, and it was still foggy as shit. It was 
we were cre- just cresting over this mountain and it was super foggy and I heard like some like rustling up ahead didn't know what it was maybe it could have like maybe we were catching up to somebody not likely because we were slow um that's what I was hoping it was yeah <laughs> and as we get like a few feet farther I just see some like galloping or running of something no, up ahead shit. yeah it was like a silhouette I'm like what the fuck and then maybe 10 yards ahead of me I see another one but this time it was a little bit clear and it was like a wild boar and you could hear it like grunting as I was running across the pathway shit oh, fuck and I'm like motherfucker like I reach in like we were I'm a stab yeah. you bitch <laughs> yeah we, <laughs> come when at we, me bro cause I didn't bring it on the plane with me or bring any sort of like protection on the plane with me obviously so like when we were in Paris I we found like a like a hiking supply store and I went and I bought a um just like a little like um, like a Swiss army there we go, a Swiss army yeah. knife thank you yeah I just bought a Swiss army knife it worked great you know cause whenever you need a knife or something or you know a wine opener or anything else <laughs> I didn't think I would have to use it for personal protection but if I needed to it's so, better than nothing so long story short you killed like nine pigs with that thing oh, I, I wish that was <laughs> but so like yeah I, I take it day. out and I get like this small ass you know Swiss army knife two like ready to, yeah ready to go <laughs> <laughs> exactly, too much blade, and I see like another one. So I'm like, okay, I take this knife out. I'm like, I'm not going to do anything to this pig, yeah. but at least I can try. And then a third one goes across, and a fourth one, and then all of a sudden you see like six more Jesus. dart across. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm fucked. Like, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> Me versus like twenty pigs with a two inch blade. <laughs> and, and, and then you see probably about a dozen after that, but they're all like just barely the size of like a loaf of bread oh like little piglets piglets. yeah little piglets (laughs) so like shit if we run into these little piglets like yeah we're we're, we're screwed like there's nothing they're just gonna protect their their little piglets and they're gonna eat us jesus they're gonna find nothing but like the pack but yeah that wasn't the case we like we we just kept walking making sure we looked out for everything um that was really the only thing we really had to worry about there's no animals or anything like that we ever really heard stories of aside from the wild dogs yeah. what about trail bandits yeah seriously oh yeah yeah so, anything like that any like uh cartels or anything, trying right? to head you <laughs> out in spain no so like that's that's one thing we, we actually asked a few people that i was nervous about that going over there fuck yeah that but we definitely. never heard we never heard any stories of that um there's a few people like there's a few people we asked about that um like a few of the people that were like hosting us in different like albergues and like a couple of them laughed at me They're like yeah it's not a thing over here and it, it really seemed weird to me bandits but would say that yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. exactly what a bandit would say yeah yeah, yeah exactly mm. you know if i thought it was gonna happen i thought it was gonna happen like the day that some woman came up to me in the middle of like right. the street like asked me if i wanted a room and it didn't happen after that so i was like i felt pretty safe afterwards but like, like i said like i feel like where so much of the economy is run off all these people just coming through these towns. I feel like most of these people just kind of respect that. There was a couple of times when we were laid up in... So there was twice where we took kind of like a break where we just kind of hung out in a town for a couple of days. One was when we were in Lyon. Um, my girlfriend ended up hurting her feet over there. Uh, she has... Like, her, one of her feet, she got tw- like twisted her ankle at one point and then her feet also also have um 
Plantar fasciitis. There we go. That's the one. Plantar yep. fasciitis. Get a little bit of that right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we we actually went to ho- to a to a doctor over there. They told her that's what it was. You know, try to relax for about a week and a half to two weeks. I'm like, oh, yeah, we shit. can't do that. Nope. Like, we got a wedding to get to. <laughs> so piggyback. So yeah. So we we just hung up in Leon for like two or three days, and we did the same thing at the end of the trip. Uh, we were in Santiago. And I was like, oh, this is the end. We can relax. But when we were in Lyon, there's a few times where you're walking around. You look like a tourist. Um, Lyon's a huge city. It's like Boston. So and that's probably one of the... Aside from when we flew out of Madrid, that was the biggest city we were in. Hmm. So that was really the only place where there was a few times where like it was kind of like shady if you were walking through a specific area. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, we, we really didn't get too much... You know, there was really not much I felt I needed to worry about when we were over there. Um, yeah, there was really not much. So what's the experience of staying at an albergue? Like, are they all pretty similar? Or, like, in the movie, they show there's a bunch of beds in a room, and you're, like, all right next to each other kind of thing? Yeah, so there's quite a few of them that are exactly like that. Then there's quite a few that you'd only get your own room. Uh, there's a few more that would be, like, two or three beds in a room. So I know they actually showed one, if I remember correctly, it's, um, he stayed in one that I, I stayed in, it was Santo Domingo. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so you walk in, and a room probably about this size, and they'd have like 20 bunk beds. Okay. You'd have like two to three feet between each bunk bed, and just enough to climb up, and then climb down the next morning and get dressed and be on your way. Um, and then there's others where... You'd have like a single room with two twin size beds. Okay. Um, the ones that were usually like had, were able to house like 150, 200 people at a time. A lot of times, those were ones that were ran by like the local church mm-hmm. or the local um, like the local government. Those would be usually really cheap, like five to six euro or seven to eight U.S. dollars a night. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really include much aside from a bed, a toilet, and a shower. They'd have a kitchen there. You could, you know, buy some food, cook your own dinner that night. But they're not going to really include too much more than that. Usually the the smaller ones where, or, like, the more private ones where you get, like, your own room mm-hmm. or your room with, like, just a couple beds. Those would be, like, the privately owned ones, people running them out of their house. Um, and a lot of times, that, like I said, that would be more expensive, like 15, 16 U.S. dollars for a night. But those also came with, a lot of times, like, dinner. Yeah, that's um, good. Yeah. So was there like a lot of people just like ripping ass in the middle of the night and like <laughs> snoring, busting snoring out their CPAP hard? machines and shit? <laughs> like, no, I mean, there, there, was, there was a couple times, um, there was a couple times, you know, you got a little bit of that, um, somebody snoring really hard, but for the most part, it wasn't too, too bad. Um, I know I picked up earplugs. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, yeah. My girlfriend's also deaf, so it didn't bother her oh, at there all. You go. <laughs> that's perfect for her. <laughs> yeah, so it didn't bother her too much, but there wasn't too too much. You know, for probably once a week, did we find an uh, find an alberga that was really really shitty. Yeah. The worst experience we had was, I believe it was, I believe it was in Zubiri. So like towards the end of the walk, um, we stayed at a place called. It's called Casa La Magica. That sounds Weird. magical. <laughs> the, the magic <laughs> house? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just like, oh! <laughs> I, 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 string and shit out of it. I said the same thing. I'm like, yeah, that's a weird name. This is one of the ones that we were able to uh, actually reserve online. So she actually reserved two beds. 
you know, a few days before we knew we were going to get there. Are you greeted by and, a bunch of mimes? Like, no, oh, but fuck, that, it would have been interesting. Um, you know, like, it would have been like the house, like, from Game of Thrones, where they walk That's in. That's what and, I was thinking. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, no, but it was really cool. Like, super old house, completely made of, like, stone and, like, brickwork and That's stuff cool. like that. Pretty cool. They had, they had a pool. Cool place. Um, but we paid, like, 15 euro to stay there, which, whatever. Uh, but we were hoping they'd mm. have a kitchen. They did have a kitchen, but they wouldn't let us use it. Oh, that's bullshit. So this was towards the end, like we were trying to like save a bit of money, and so we just went out to eat. We came back, and it turns out like the room we were staying in, thankfully, didn't have bunk beds. It was just like single twin beds, and there was only four or five of them. But the three other people staying there with us in that room were all like had to have been pushing seventy five to eighty. Oh wow, they're old people. Oh my oh. god! Yeah, so like they're all like old people. Like you were just saying, they're like shitting themselves all night. Oh, one, no. one dude was snoring, and then the other woman, like, had like a white noise machine or whatever, like going like on her phone. Oh shit! So like all night, you just heard like you know, like an old TV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Going yeah. all night, and I'm like, this is this is insane. Like, I got up at one point, and I said something to her. She just kind of looked at me. And started like, speaking. Turn that shit off, yeah. Grandma. <laughs> I think she was like speaking like Portuguese. I'm not sure. Yeah, but like it was the worst, and it was hot as balls. I got up at one point, like opened the window, and like you just got like the most beautiful breeze. It was like 60 degrees outside. I don't know why it was so hot in this room. And then Estelle <laughs> shut the fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the, the old dude like fucking Gertrude. Yeah, <laughs> that was like honestly the worst experience we had. He's like, it's over cold there. in here. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't too bad. Um, worst experience was just a few old people. Yeah, I'm gonna break your hip, Grandpa. Yeah. Shut that fucking. <laughs> Should have done prison rules, man. Yeah. Like, just, this just, is fucking my just house. beat the shit out of the first guy you see. <laughs> I did think of that every night. Every, I did not want to end up in a Spanish prison. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know? that's true. Yeah, especially if you don't speak the language. Like that's yeah. Mm. Oh fuck. Um, that was the next question I had. How was like the language barrier? Was it tough to like? So. It actually wasn't all that bad um, in terms of um, communication or like um, you know verbally wasn't wasn't terrible. The thing that got me that was difficult for for me the language barrier rather the, the language barrier part that that hurt me the most is being able to read or write the language. Yeah, that makes sense. So a lot of people over there, everybody in Europe speaks like two to three languages. Damn, it's such. Such it's such a different way of life over there. Everybody speaks like English and Spanish, English and French, or French and Spanish. God so, damn in America, we need <laughs> yeah. to catch up. Well, think about it, it this way. Think about it this way: we every state speaks English. Out it's, there, you live in like, you know, each state over there is like another language in a way. It's not a state; it's a country. But yeah, yeah, with, yeah. I mean, maybe not Spain or France because they're two big countries. But once you start going up. And over to the west, there's a bunch of fucking little countries of their own goddamn language and shit. Yeah, so we found a lot of people that would either speak English already, and it was fine. And then even when you didn't find somebody that spoke English, by the end of by the end of it, like being there for six weeks, you could kind of hold our conversation. Yeah, um, I've since lost it all, but I could kind of you know get by. But the hardest thing for me was being able to read or write the language. Uh, there's a few times when we were trying to catch like a train or something like that and like reading like the the signs on the train or you oh, know different right. maps and stuff yeah um or 
we missed a, a couple of trains too because we were waiting like on the marquee and we we're like looking for the time and like uh, looking for like when something was going to, by you know, depart or like where it was going and as it was going exactly as it was going by we ended up missing this train oh shit that sucks um and that's just because i couldn't read the language uh as much as i tried you know i ended up buying like a spanish english book when i got you over didn't have there time to fucking just go whoop okay next word whoop. It, exactly yeah, that, that was really the biggest the biggest problem that I had with the language barrier. Did you meet any any other travelers along the way? Like you that know? you kept seeing in the like the hostels or whatever bird guy. Yeah, yeah, what, you know, yeah, like you would like you would on the, the AT Burgess. trail, Alberta you know, Gays. like like have you were you, were you kind of like bounding together at each checkpoint with like f- some familiar faces? Yeah, so um, there was there was quite a few times. So when we first got to. Um, it, the first town right on the, the border of um, Spain and France there is uh, Saint-Jean-de-Port, I believe it is. And um, so you start there, and that's where, if you're walking the French um, the French Santiago de Camino, um, everybody starts there. So we started off there, and we stayed at the first albergue, and you wake up the next morning, everybody goes. Um, so it's that the people that start the same day as you are, you kind of see them. You continuously see them along the way. Yeah. Um, even if you don't stay at the same one, like, thankfully, once again, she was reading everything ahead and looking at everything ahead. <laughs> she booked that first place for us. I guess this place was great. You you stay there. You get breakfast that day. They'll make you a lunch, like a bag lunch. Oh, that's <laughs> like, awesome. While you're, yeah, while you're walking, they'll make you, like, a bag lunch you can throw in your pack if you want. It was, like, a couple extra euro. Um, you get dinner the night before. It, and they say like a little prayer and all this other stuff. It was a really cool start to the trip. Um, so they do all this. Re- all we got there that first day. This family takes us in. They only accept fourteen people into their into their home, so it's like super limited. And I think it's something crazy like one hundred and fifty people start a day between the months of like June and September. So when you get over to Saint Jean, okay, all right, 150 he, different people. Yeah, start the the walk a from, day from that from, location. From that location. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So which and so they that specific albergue only um, accepts in. I think it's 15 people a night. Oh wow! So when you Jeez. get there, you have to go over. You have to check in to that uh, like the pilgrim <laughs> office, get your credentials and your passport and all this other stuff. And then you go check into your place. So if you didn't reserve, thankfully, like she did, Man, yeah, she's on top of this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so uh, I don't think you would have survived. If you didn't over there by yourself. Uh, so like we, we were able to go get a room there. There's a few other places you've been walking around looking for stuff. But you walk in, they're really cool people. Uh, they ran out of their home. Uh, it was a uh, a couple who ran it with their son. I think he was like 15, 16, something like that. So he opted out. And then their daughter was maybe around 10. I'm not sure. <laughs> and um, they... So you go in completely... It was kind of off-putting at first because they're vegetarians. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> out. So, uh, so we, you know, we check in. They're like, okay, so dinner's at this time. Um, feel free to, like, walk around. So we walked around a bit, go back. And everybody kind of, like, helps out and... And like setting up the table, we all sit sit down outside and like they have a huge yard out back, and they it was like a four course meal. So it started off with like first some soup, it's like a lentil soup or something. Sat down, um, 
everybody stands up and they we do like a little game after like the first course um like you know toss a ball around everybody says their name and then you sit down again for like the second course and it was like salad or something and then we go through dinner and then we go and they did like a dessert and all throughout they're passing like around like bottles of wine oh nice so everywhere you go over there it's wine. You get water or wine. It costs the same amount over there, wine which wine. is the same. Hence, hence why I woke up um, blackout. Not blackout, sorry. Uh, hungover. I woke up hungover the next day, every day. I was going to say, um, that was my next question. Like, so what were you drinking back there? This is thirst for knowledge. We yeah. want to know what you're drinking. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, and then we stand up and everybody had to go around and be like, hey, what's your reason for doing here, uh, coming here? What's your reason for walking a lot of people, like you said, are like doing some sort of private pilgrimage, uh, pilgrimage to find themselves, to find something else, you know, uh, say their their country of origin, and then we all packed it in the night for the night. Wake up, same kind of kind of similar situation the next day, uh, but we all ate breakfast. They would give you your packed lunch if you haven't asked them for one, and then you take off. And then throughout the whole thirty days, a lot of times you'd catch up with some of the people that same day. So we left a little bit early that day. Um, just because we wanted to hit up like a cafe and she wanted to buy like an extra pair of socks or something. So we left a little bit early and we ended up meeting up with and staying at another albergue that first night with somebody who had already, we stayed with the night prior. And you get a lot of that throughout the way. And even if you didn't stay with those people, a lot of times we'd end up seeing people that like we seen that first day, you know, or we were on the train with that first day going from Paris to Saint-Jean, um, you know, we, we'd seen all these people going, getting off of the same train as we were yeah. to go to the pilgrim office. And we'd see them a lot of the, a lot of the time throughout that six weeks. Um, and, you know, often have a conversation, you know, even if it was a couple here and there, or there was this one, there was this one couple of guys, a father and son that we ended up meeting probably about halfway through. I don't remember seeing them before that, but um, there's like a little, almost like a, a chimmy truck or chimichurri like taco truck. Oh, nice. fuck yeah. It was like, mm. <laughs> it was in like the middle of this like plane. So um, this is between two cities? Yeah, it was like in between two cities. It was like this taco truck like in the middle of like, like in the middle of like this yep. orchard like plane area. That's just awesome. like off to the side. And, and it wasn't just, a mirage? It was, no, it wasn't a mirage. <laughs> no, but they were just selling like cans of soda, bottled water, like beer <clears> and like sandwiches. And then a few chairs out, some picnic tables and stuff like that. I remember sitting down there, and it was like this: these couple dudes, father, son, and they were walking with an Amer- another American girl that they had just met, you know, on the way. And just like the AT, you often met groups of people who just met while they were there, and they would end up walking together, yeah. kind of all looking over each right. other. Yeah. And we, um, so we actually met them sitting there. You know, we all shared a table, ate lunch together. And she was actually, she was trying to like prepare her lunch because um, they just had some groceries in their pack that they were putting together like a sandwich or something like that. And she was trying to like, she didn't have anything to cut her avocado with. So she was going through like, she was trying to like cut it with like a key. I'm like, hey, I got a knife. So I handed her a knife and like, you know, we shared lunch Washed and stuff. the pig blood off of it. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is pre-pig blood. Um, but, and so it goes back, like we were... Go, you know, fast forward like three, four weeks after that, and we end up seeing the two dudes from like Montana, Sands Girl, uh, and we're walking down main, like the main street in Santiago towards 
the church. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's the final spot. That's, that's like, like the, the, that's end the point. final spot oh, nice. is, yeah. is the church in Santiago. And, um, so me and my girlfriend are walking down, like we can see like the end point. And, like, I get a tap on the shoulder and it's, the, you know, the two dudes that we've seen along the way. So you, you do get a, a lot of that. And it's pretty cool. Like a lot of the connections is like one of the coolest things I found there. You get, you meet a lot of people that are really cool. Um, that you really enjoy the company of, then you meet, you know, a lot of people that are really annoying. <laughs> um, you know, shit themselves all night and um, <laughs> close the doors while you know while it's hot as shit. You know, oh, that's crazy, man. That's that's did cool. You, did did you ever walk with anybody, or like, did anybody join your group for a little bit of like period of time, or was it mostly just you and your girlfriend walking? Um, it was kind mostly of just the two of us. That there was like a, a few. There's a few times where there'd be like a couple day period where we would have like one or two people walking with us. Yeah. Um. I do remember at one point there was a, a woman, I believe from South Korea, who we had woken up and it was a couple, I think it was like th- only three or four days prior to the end. And same deal, we woke up super foggy in the morning. Um, it looked like it was about to rain, but we weren't sure. So we threw on our, our raincoats and we were leaving the Albury that we were staying in and we get out into the terrace and I s- sit down and I'm sitting down to tie my shoes because I didn't do it inside the house. And there was this woman sitting out on on the on like the patio, and I, I assumed she was just like eating her breakfast or something before getting on the walk. So we get up, figured, finish time my shoes, go to walk, and she's like, she asked us to wait up. So I'm like, yeah, everything okay? She's like, oh, it's kind of scary out right now. I don't want to walk by myself. And it just started raining, kind of some thunder going on. She's like, do you mind if I walk with you? And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. So it was the three of us kind of walking. And she walked with us, I believe, for the rest of that day. And then the entirety of the ne- the, the next day as well. Whoops. Oh, Don't want to... neat. But yeah, then Sounds the like entirety something of the next day as well. I would say. Pay <laughs> <laughs> right. um, your trust, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hey, don't worry. You leave your stuff with me. Go to the bathroom real quick. <laughs> Goddamn trail bandits. <laughs> but then, you know, aside from her, there was you know a couple other location, um, a couple other occasions where we would have some people that were would walk with us for the day, but it wouldn't be. We didn't really have a, a group of people that we'd walk with mm. continuously more than like a day or so. Do they have trail names like the AT? Did Did you get a trail name? We didn't. No. 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 I mean. It's funny. So, like, there was we had trail names amongst myself and my girlfriend for other people that we met. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Inside jokes, yeah. and then as well as like I, I'm anything funny. The belief Any, you got anything like really good? <laughs> Not that I can remember. Like, so, so like Fucking they grandpa. were all very. <laughs> you weren't blocked yeah, exactly. out like the God whole time. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> a lot of grandpa. them were like we made names for like people we didn't like or people that we right. found annoying oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. N- yeah. Nothing, never for anybody we actually enjoyed the company of we just <laughs> actually called them by their real name saggy balls old, um, old man river <laughs> well like i imagine a lot of the other people did as well um sure there was a few there was a few times like th- there was this older guy and an older woman that we kept seeing um nice enough people the old guy was kind of annoying but nice guy the woman is really annoying because she would bus from city to city and he would actually walk no way what yeah you can take buses between all these <laughs> well yeah you can, you, you, well, yeah, you, yeah, yeah that's true so yeah. they're, they're a functioning society oh, right? God. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can take a bus my whole perception of this is just blown right now yeah. <laughs> did she have a passport with like the stamps and the yeah, checkpoints so this is why we didn't like her is, oh, like, come on so her so, husband was over there to do the way and he was yeah. doing it completely by himself like he, he was 
all for it. He was like 75. Really cool guy. She would not do that. She would not walk. She would like wake up in the morning, get her pack on, oh, what a and then go find bitch. the bus station and take the bus. And she would have the, the passport. And it annoyed the shit out of us every time we... Like there was a few times we stayed in the same albergue as them. And like... She'd be getting ready and she'd be talking about how like how oh, much the gonna... way has changed her and how much like you're oh, just you fucking fraud. <laughs> yeah, bitch. If you're listening, you're a goddamn fraud. We're gonna find you. So, We're gonna make you walk. She would stay in the albergues, but that was like her only experience with any of this. Like she would okay. Not then she walk goes in some way. Spanish city and gets railed out by like five <laughs> Spanish dudes. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but it was annoying as shit because. She wasn't. She wasn't part of this. Yeah, you know. Yeah, she's yeah. Ru- she's kind of ruining it a little it, bit in a way. It, yeah, exactly. You know, that makes sense. But, hmm. You're going to get that though when these things get really popular. There's yeah. Gonna there's be always going to be that, some people. Yeah. There's a big problem with like the AT right now where there's a lot of people like just going there to party. Oh man! And yeah. they, you know, there there's a common thing called a zero day. It's a day that you don't do anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And these these guys would do like almost all of them would be like they would just go to the camp just to like party and they'd stay mm-hmm. up late drinking and then they like usually like litter and stuff and like they're kind of ruining it in a way you know yeah and then yeah. they after they go like, oh yeah I did the AT but the whole time they just like party they yeah. kind of like spoiled it for a lot it's of people it's like people that go to college and all they do is party and they don't actually learn anything <laughs> right. Mm. Yeah. It kind of just dilutes it a little bit like some of the meeting behind sort of this like self-exploration or, or whatever your motivation is it, it really kind of cheapens it a little bit and that's yeah. that's that's a bummer man it, exactly yeah so i mean it and it not only dilutes it for yourself like i don't know how, how you can find any meaning in it but like you're saying dilutes it for everybody around you too yeah. um yeah. man so yeah. what was your favorite meal I was gonna say what. Let's like, talk know, food. You're, you're a food guy, Kenny. Yeah. So, so what? Like chasing those taco trucks. So <laughs> I, I would say, all right. Two questions. Two questions. What was your favorite meal at like a restaurant, and what was like your favorite thing that you'd like buy and prepare when you were over there? So, when we were over there, we when we were trying to like save money, or you know, like if we were staying at an albergue, um, and they had a kitchen. Okay, we're not going to go out to eat tonight. We'll save save a bit of money. So I think it was like the second or the third day we were on the trail. Uh, we reached whatever city it was. And like, okay, we need we need stuff to eat. I went out to the grocery store and I found like a 15-pound sack of white rice. And I carried that, sh- that shit with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, yeah, like a 15-pound sack of white rice. And then anytime we got to a local, you know, like whatever town, if they had a kitchen at that Oberg, normally it was stocked with like your... You know, basic essentials: salt, pepper, some sort of like oil will be you know olive oil, vegetable oil, something like that. Um, and then whoever was there the night before, sometimes you know they would leave leftovers. So if You're they like, bought yep. too much stuff, they leave it in the fridge. Um, so whenever we were getting somewhere, we knew we had a kitchen at this place, or if we checked in, we found out they had a kitchen. We'd go back out, find a market, and usually it would be rice, and then we'd buy like a half dozen eggs, and. Just, Rice and eggs would be like the main meal that would be eating that. So, how much does a sack of rice cost in Spain? I, I don't know. I think it was only like a few euro. I I really don't remember. Yeah, just. I was wondering if it was like relatable to us when we buy. If you buy a sack of rice, I mean, fifteen pounds. That's gonna go a long way, right? You guys think like a cup of cooked rice becomes like two cups, right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So. 
That's 45 grams of carbs. That's all. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Two cups of rice is a pretty big portion. Yeah. So we didn't we didn't finish it. We did not finish that 15 pound bag of rice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whole trip? No, yeah, not the whole trip. Damn. So we, um, but we ended up leaving it at that final albergue. Like, okay, anybody else who wants it, take it. You know, we we left it in the pantry. I, I can assume that that last albergue gets a lot of leftover food. Like, oh, we're done. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, just keep whatever you got left here. Yeah, we get to hop on a plane. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I, I can't really name like my favorite food that I had when I was out. Like, yeah, I or, remember, or at least your favorite experience. Exactly. Like, you're sitting down and yeah. I, I was gonna say like you said recently that you don't have a favorite beer anymore. You have like favorite beer experiences. Exactly. It, 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 it's a lot of stuff like that. Um, so. There's a lot of places in Spain where, you know, especially where you're walking through, it's all farmland. So when you're stopping in smaller towns and villages, it'll be, you know, you have your albergue. And then if you're going out to eat a lot of times, a lot of times you have to go out to eat because they're not going to have, if they supply you with a kitchen, there's no market. So the closest market is going to be in a city. So obviously we're not walking, (laughs) we're not walking to that city. So we're going to have to go out to eat or take advantage of the albergue's food that people left behind so we'd be having rice and just like extra olive oil that night you know (laughs) so we'd end up a lot of us would end up going out to eat in situations like that um one of the better places we went to uh was this small it was like a steakhouse but it was um like just this really really small farming community so it was this restaurant that this older woman ran with her daughter so the woman was out back and you could see there's a cows. we were in the dining room and there was like an archway and you could see right into like this one's like big kitchen and she was just cooking as you know her daughter brought in like orders and um, it was really cool that they ran it out of their home and as well as being a restaurant they were themselves a private albergue oh nice uh, so, th- so they had nice. I don't know how many rooms we didn't stay there we stayed at like another albergue in the, in, in the, in the little town there uh, but we walked to that restaurant and we found like some good reviews on like a, an app f- for pilgrims and uh, it would like recommend different places along the way. Mm-hmm. So we found this place and I'm like, okay, like we'll go out to eat here. So we did that. It was really cool. And so most places when you're on the way from most restaurants have what's called the pilgrim menu. So they allow you to choose your beverage. So usually it's either water, wine, or juice. Doesn't matter what it is. It's all included in the pilgrim menu. You'll get your choice of like appetizer, so it'll be like soup or salad, sometimes something else, an entree, and then at a dessert. Nice. And it'll be off like a set menu, and it'll be a set price. That's pretty. So it'll sweet. be like, and it usually anywhere from like a very like simplistic place will be like nine, ten euros, so like nine to ten dollars, to all the way up to like fifteen euro. Which isn't too bad. But no. Yeah. How much, yeah, how much wine do you get if you yeah. request wine? Uh, so you, <laughs> so if oh, you're just like a wine. single person, they'd bring over like a glass, they'd fill your glass, and they, you weren't, they weren't giving you a wine glass. They'd you know, give you like a glass and like fill the glass with wine. <laughs> like a, so like a whole can like, of wine? Like half a bottle 12, of wine? 15 ounces? <laughs> yeah, you get like a 12-ounce pour. Damn. Shit. Okay. If you get like a can, a nice good can of wine. <laughs> if you, um, but like we always sat down to wine. To, uh, yeah, sat down to wine. Sat down to <laughs> dinner together. So more often than not, they wouldn't even bother pouring any for us. They would just hand us the bottle. Nice. Um, and th- this was cheaper. 
because you were on the you were sort of walking the pilgrimage. Yeah, yeah pilgrimage. you're a pilgrim. Yeah, yeah you're a pilgrim. Yeah. And so, you, so okay. So a lot of times, like you show you show up, and be like, hey, do you have a pilgrim menu? Then you know, let you know if they did or not. More than more than not, we would just go to the place with the pilgrim menu because, like I said, it'd be like anywhere from like ten to fifteen euro. It's like ten dollars to like eighteen dollars, give or take. But you would get a three course meal and mm. a bottle of wine. God damn, that's good. Can't um, beat it. Yeah, right? at a restaurant over here for a three course menu and a bottle of wine. Oh boy, yeah, like yeah. one hundred and fifty <laughs> bucks. Yeah. So the best experience we had was, like I said, it was this little little farming community. It was like that restaurant that was also an albergue, and we go in. I got like a salad. She got, I think, maybe a soup. We each split a bottle of wine that I think was from the um, like the vineyard right up the street, up the road. Nice, because very big wine region. And then we each got a. I don't remember what she got for entree. I think it was like pasta or something. I got a big steak. Like just got steak, and they asked me how I want it cooked. Told them like. I tried to tell them medium <laughs> didn't work. So then that I said Roa. Yeah, I said red. Roa. <laughs> I was like, okay. Came up, cooked perfectly. Yeah. But it was like, you're not I wasn't picturing the same amount of the, the size of steak I'd be getting. But it was like a giant piece. Yeah, it was, it was a decent size steak. I don't know, at least a sixteen to twenty ounce steak. Holy <laughs> Jesus. And it was a good steak too. Yeah, nice. And it came with like like a compound butter on top with like garlic and like Jesus. and like cilantro and stuff. Oh, it was so man. good. Yeah. It was like a steak frites too. So it had like a oh, big side of like fresh cut fries. Wow. And it was phenomenal. And I could see this woman that was like over there cooking it and she was like 80. In her like home kitchen. In her, yeah, exactly. Yeah, in yeah, her yeah. home kitchen. Yeah. It was the coolest thing. That's awesome. Um, it's fucking beautiful, man. I, know. Just, I yeah. can just picture that like nice in my glass hand of right yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah, it was, it was the coolest thing. I'll have to look up some pictures afterwards, show you guys. <laughs> nice. But yeah. They were way back on the phone. But yeah. really cool. cool. It's probably the best experience out to eat that we had. Yeah. I know I've spoken to you several times about it, but yeah. uh, told Seth. The best tacos I've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I want to know, <laughs> baby. We're in Madrid. So there's a place um, called Tacos El Pastor. So this is Love the end those. of your trip, this right? This is the end of the trip, yeah. yeah. So, so we finished the trip off in Santiago, and then we were flying out of Madrid. So we we got to Santiago with, um, with five days to spare. So we got to Santiago. We had, Damn. yeah, I think nice. five days after that to spare. Um. So we stayed there for the night that we got to Santiago, stayed there the whole next day that night, and then that third morning we woke up at like 5 a.m. and took a high-speed train from Santiago to Madrid, which I think was like two or three hours. Um, Santiago is in like the northern area of Spain. So we went, went into Madrid, and then we actually stayed at a hostel in Madrid, Um it's like a chain of hostels. There's one actually in Miami. There's one somewhere out in California too called the Generator okay. Hostels. Weird. Okay. Yeah. Um, she actually stayed there, or not there, but at a Generator Hostel in Dublin. So that's okay. how she knew about them. Really cool place. They had like a rooftop bar. They had like an arcade room and oh, stuff like yeah. that. Oh, what, fuck yeah. Was not what we were accustomed to on the actual trail itself. Right. Yeah. Um, staying in like churches and stuff. Um, but so we get there, stayed there, and we were looking for places to eat one night. I'm like, let's go get some tacos. I, I see on Yelp that there's like some great tacos like three blocks from here. So 
we were on our way back from just like doing like a little walking tour and like I think the taco place is near here and she's like how do you know and I'm like because I was studying the shit out of that map (laughs) like I wanted to know how to get there and that's the street so we ended up like walking walking down the street and then we find like this taco place and sure enough there was a line coming out of the building and going down all the way down the block and it turned round to the corner of the block that's a good sign that's a good sign yeah we stood there and we just kept we, we just waited we waited only about like a half hour to get into the place and you know sure enough people knew like okay you get your tacos you sit down you eat and they get the fuck out and that's how they just kept it moving and they're the best tacos i've ever had like they were making the like corn cutting t- them off the spit and everything yeah so like yeah. the the al pesto where they're cutting off the spit they had like actual like <clears throat> chicken just like sitting there grilling up they were making the tortillas fresh damn um and that's all they served was tacos they didn't have anything else on the menu they had a whiteboard with like the types of tacos for that day and then they had like uh, a cooler with beers and bottles of soda and that's oh, it man. all they served nice I need to find a place that makes their own um, tortillas. Tortillas, tortillas, man. Because mm. that's uh, I'm, I'm come talk- over to James's place. <laughs> I'll make you some delicious so tortillas. Is, I'm a, I, I'm a taco I had a platter four. of eight tacos myself. Mm. Mm. So that's it's a good number, man. Those are the tacos. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! They're delicious. Yeah, phenomenal. Kenny's oh, showing man. us a picture of these tacos, and it's just making me. Want to eat tacos? We should, put it on our we should have got tacos tonight. So people <laughs> know what we're talking that's about. That's legit, man. Yeah. Well, they're really delicious. So, yeah, those are the best food experiences I had over there. There's some damn good tacos. And then, like, that that steak. Besides, I mean, it's definitely not the best steak I had, but just I was pleasantly surprised. And just the whole experience behind of it was course, phenomenal. Yeah. You know, this woman I mean, opening to, up her home. To think you're, you know, coming over, you're in... I mean, just stop and think about that for a second. You're in the middle of Spain, at night, in an albergue, watching this, this just in this beautiful scene of this this woman cooking up this beautiful. Oh, you're meal. going back to the steak. <laughs> like, I just, I don't know, man. It's just, it, it just. I feel very like it, it feels like a very surreal moment. And I'm not oh, yeah. fucking there, and yeah, it's just right. like, yeah, it, it really was because like there was. And you didn't. We didn't get many of those over there. I mean, there was definitely many moments where, like you said, it was very serene to stop and think about, like, okay, how did I get here? Yeah. Right. And that was one of one of the ones that stood out for me. Is mm. like you said, you. I was watching an eighty-year-old woman cook for not only the two of us, but like several other people sitting there in her dining room. Right outside was probably the farm that this cow that I just ate came off of. And we've been walking just about 20 miles a day yeah, for the past two right. weeks to get where we are right now. Mm. Definitely like, is one of the more surreal experiences of the trip. fucking beautiful moment, man. So, yeah. like, <clears throat> that is beautiful. But <laughs> <laughs> did you guys, like, uh, like, you must have, like, lost weight or something like that, right? Like, it's a big exercise, 20 miles a day. Like, did you get stronger? Was it hard at first and then got easier at the end? Like, 20 miles a day is rough. Yeah, so it, it was definitely significantly harder um, at, at the beginning of the trip. Mm-hmm. It's just, You don't know what to expect. That, that's definitely, even if we had trained more extensively and prepared ourselves more extensively, excuse me, it, uh, we would not have prepared, been prepared for what we got. Yeah. Mm. Um, when you get there, the first thing you, you start with is the Pyrenees Mountains, which is not unlike you know hiking Manadnock or 
something of equal magnitude mm-hmm. right it also had it's also a greater um elevation than monadnock yeah the the weather at the top can sometimes be like unpredictable it's like yeah it'll be it'll be you know sunny and 70 out and then it'll be like super windy and super rainy that's actually at at the point um in the in the movie where uh martin sheen's son dies yeah is that he did not recognize how unruly that would have been and so there is times where you'll get to saint jean and they're like yeah you can't go up the mountain today you're gonna have to go around oh shit and at that point in the movie you know he his son was like yeah i'm not doing that i'm just gonna go up the mountain and he ignored them um but i forget where i trailed off from what was the question again (laughs) So it was uh, like conditioning yourself throughout the trail, basically. Yeah, like, like yeah. You stop so at first, and then you got used yeah, to it. Yeah, you get used to it and everything. Yeah, and so it, it's it definitely it, you start off with like some of the toughest parts, and then it dwindles out, and you're on like a lot of like plateaus, and you know going through like more you know fields and farmland, and then you'll hit like another mountain again. So where you're starting off at such a difficult spot in the trip, it definitely gets easier as you go. Oh, that's um, cool. So, it's something you would not have been able to prepare for, or yeah. not that you wouldn't have been able to, but it's, it's definitely not as expected as you'd think it would be. Yeah, I feel like this sounds like a really great like um, retirement trip. Something you could do when you're older. It's it's and challenging, it's, but it's not. There's not a bunch of really hard terrain. And if like, you ever got into any trouble, you could just like like that old lady. You could take a bus or something, or you could just stop. Mm. Yeah, you're not like in the middle of the woods in a way like the AT. Yeah, exactly. Like me doing the AT at like 65 might be a little unrealistic because I'm probably going to be like an extra hundred pounds, <laughs> a lot more unhealthy. Yeah, but like something like this seems reasonable. I mean, to an extent, you're you're correct. I mean, you do have like you will have those 10 to 15 mile stretches between. Right. You know, but for the most part, yeah. If you get to a, a point of where you feel is a point of no return. It's not you, hard to... Yeah, it's not that hard to find a bus or a train or something to a major city where you can, you know, <laughs> hop on a plane cool. and get the fuck out. But, yeah. Um, yeah, we did lose a bit of weight. Um, I th- I didn't lose as much as I thought I would, or yeah. as much as I was hoping I would. Um, <laughs> Got all that rice That's and all a- that wine, man. <laughs> I know. Wine um, rice. Yeah. Sake. But I think I lost, like, 15 pounds while I was over That's there. That's still pretty good. Yeah. And um, that's the first I mean, thing for I would, a month. I mean, yeah, that's the first yeah. thing I would think of is like I'm gonna lose some fucking weight. <laughs> you know, yeah. walking 20 miles a day. Yeah, yeah, especially when you're not accustomed to it. You know, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, we lost a bit of weight, and then I, I definitely came back over here feeling a bit better. You know, even if we feel like act- a little healthier. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. shit, you walked 500 miles. You yeah. know, yeah. So pretty yeah. much no processed food whatsoever. All fresh. Exactly. You yeah. Know, just, the you majority. see a lot of McDonald's on your way through. No. So I so, no. actually eaten McDonald's like was it two or three times on that trip? Yeah. But every time it was like an airport or like a train oh, station. Okay, like, there's yeah. nothing else that around. Makes sense. And like I can, I can speak. You know the menu. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> two, two, please. <laughs> yeah. Dos. Numero dos. <laughs> exactly. Like even if I didn't know what was on the menu, I could order exactly like that. Right. But yeah. yeah I, I can. They all have pictures, and I can know. What, I know what I'm doing. You know what you're getting. <laughs> exactly. at a I wanted to ask yeah. you that, like, um, so, like, you're sitting down at a restaurant, right? Obviously, it's probably in Spanish. No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, like, ordering food, like, you're reading, like, 
the description of that meal, were you able to like learn that quick and be like, all right, obviously polo, polo's chicken, like yeah. carne asada, steak. No, exactly. So like that was actually one of the things going over there. You know, I made the joke. All right, I could order a beer and find the bathroom, but like going over there where I am, as Seth mentioned this before, like I am a bit of a foodie myself. So like knowing a bit about food i was like better able to yeah. navigate the menu um a lot of the times they would have some sort of pictures and even even when they didn't on that pilgrim menu there was really only three options oh okay so like so if, for like an entree you either had a lot of times there's like some sort of pasta some sort of like um chicken and then some sort of like maybe either fish or beef depending on like the region you were in. Gotcha. It was always like usually a chicken and pasta and then like like a regional type thing. Um, and you could kind of figure it out from there. And then even if you didn't know what was going on, like when the waiter came over, like I said, like a lot of these guys would speak English. Yeah, okay. Um, kind of like question it from there. The menus weren't super hard to navigate. Like you said, like pollo, usually, you all, usually knew what you were getting with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then salada, salad, yeah. and then uh, it, 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 it wasn't as difficult as you think. Yeah. yeah, man. But yeah, the menus were 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 good. And then cerveza. If I ever felt lost, I'm like, ah, were you, carbs. Did, did you just pull? A, did you just pull a Thor and just like another and just smash the shit out of your glass? I really wanted to. <laughs> she wouldn't let me, but there was, there was a few times I wanted to. Yeah. It's funny. Um, Seth, you look like you have a question. No, I'm just looking at you, waiting to see what you have to say. Oh, um, actually, <laughs> how was kind of like the light pollution at night? Like, yeah, the stars. Along the trail, like, good? Well, the stars, like, could you get a good glimpse it, in it your was, Milky yeah, Way? It, it, it was great. So it wasn't, it, there wasn't very often that we would be hiking at night. A lot of times we were already, we were already, right. you know, stationed where we were going to be for the night. But there was little to no light pollution at all which is phenomenal that's awesome um there's a lot of times where like we would go you know we wouldn't go to bed right away obviously so like after dinner we'd go out and just sit outside with a beer or like a glass of wine or whatever um yeah and just it it was great there was very little if any light pollution it was was awesome it's pretty sweet a lot really the only time we got any of that was when we were back in madrid sure but yeah so what was like the cost of this whole trip? You know, between like your plane f- tickets, plane tickets, you the, your food, you yeah. know, your hostel stays. Well, what was your budget anyway? Yeah, like right. Did you have to save a lot for this and like plan it? Like, obviously, like you planned what you planned, but like money wise. So the 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 flight over there was probably I I, I think for the two of us was like. I think I paid like five hundred and eighty bucks. Yeah, because you did it a year in yeah, advance. You know, exactly, Black Friday type thing. And I think it was like a little bit less to come home. Mm-hmm. So it was like five hundred be- bucks a piece for flights, which is reasonable. that's really not bad. No, it's yeah. really good. Yeah, you um, fly out of Logan, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we flew out of Logan, um, flew into Paris, and then we flew out of Madrid on our way home. Mm-hmm. E- each way or. On our way there, we had two layovers, which sucked. Uh, but then on our way back, we had a layover too. So I mean, it yeah. definitely helped to the cost. Um, and then, as far as like, once we were over there, we I, I think I did the math when I came home, and I think I only did like it was like 
450 500-ish dollars uh, a piece for like our stays at like all the albergues, hotels, stuff like that. Um, and then just just food, food really, you know, right? like food and spending money, which we really didn't need too too much spending money. It was just like just like when we were over there for like you know going out to eat or you know going to a bar or something like that. We didn't come back with any souvenirs or anything like that. So we didn't really buy much over there aside yeah. from the food. Um, all in all, honestly, it was probably like fourteen to fifteen hundred dollars a person. That's wow. like super reasonable. For that is six really weeks. really yeah, reasonable. six weeks. Wow. Yeah. I always wow. thought like I mean obviously it's different depending on what you do in Europe but like traveling Europe could be like insane yeah. depending on your style but yeah. like that is super reasonable yeah. you know yeah I mean each one of these albergues were they're pretty twelve dollars a night yeah, you know, yeah. For, on average you know you have you, there was a there is a couple times where like we broke down like oh you know what we're gonna reserve a hotel room yeah and it would be, should be the two of us in a hotel room. And that kind of you your know, own like personal shower, it. your own bathroom, you know. You exactly. Don't have to wear. Yeah, exactly. Share a bed. We don't have to wear sandals, you know, yeah. to take a shower that time. Stuff like that. And that that was that was nicer. And obviously, that would be a bit more on the pricey side. But for the most part, I mean, we were over there. Like I said, forty. I think it was like forty-five days. So twelve bucks, ten to twelve dollars a night. It's like four hundred fifty bucks. Yeah. And there was a few other times where it'd be like way more expensive than a few other times. It was like eight dollars for like the church ones. So round it out, and it, it, it was a very reasonably priced trip for being over there as long. Definitely, as we were. I could spend fifteen hundred bucks on Amazon in a weekend <laughs> <laughs> buying stupid shit for my garden. Go down to Clams Casino, you Go can down. spend that right now. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna. I got a bunch of cash, baby. <laughs> nice. Could lose. I could lose fifteen hundred bucks tonight. The casino. You can go down. And I went out to Disney World with 1500 bucks. Oh, for like, oh like, my God. Like well, two days. Yeah. Yeah. A week. Yeah. A yeah. day, dude. A day, yeah. probably. If you have a kid. I mean, if you go alone, you're probably weird, but. Yeah. <laughs> but it's um, probably not no, going to be as fulfilling definitely a trip. So 1500 bucks each. Yes. Yeah. Each. Which, you know, that's still wicked reasonable, you know? Because, like, especially if you're with somebody, you know, it makes sense. Like, 500 bucks for your stays, 500 bucks to get there, 500 bucks for, like, food and stuff. I mean, shit, I'd throw another 500 bucks. I'd probably go buy some stuff, too, but still. Yeah, yeah. and there was definitely a few times where, like, I was over there. I, there was stuff I wanted to buy. Then you get to carry you it. Gotta carry. Yeah, exactly. I got to throw it on my pack and, like, walk 20 miles a day with it now for the rest of the time we're here. Yeah. Just got to eat a little bit more rice, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> then we got to worry about also, like, trying to get it back. So if mm. it didn't fit in the pack or if it was something that was um, e- easily breakable, yeah, you know, we were gonna check our bags on the way back on the way back home, so we didn't have to deal with it on you know on flight. It would have just been a, a huge hassle. Yeah. So the only things I really bought while I was over there to take home as souvenirs was um, which I wish I would have remembered to bring here, which was um, was I bought four bottles of liquor. Yeah. So mm, liquor. it's this it's it's some stuff that they it's a it's some liquor that's made from the byproduct of wine so they use the grape must and so it's like a it, grappa i was gonna yeah is it grappa i don't know what that's, grappa that's, is. that's an italian thing though too do, this they, do that, called, do they do that in spain i mean all, if you make liquor out of wine you know yeah it's pretty yeah. much grappa so. yeah right yeah it might right, be called grappa, something different grappa's but, distilled wine yeah. yeah yeah so this was distilled i guess wine was, okay you know that, that's how we were described what it was um but their word for it was arujo Oh, oh okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. heard of that. Yeah. You have, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So obviously, when it's distilled, it comes out clear. But they, 
uh, rest it over like different herbs and spices, not okay. unlike the Colonel. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> An original <laughs> recipe, herbs and spices. Um, but no, so, so I don't. I was told there was like some thyme, some tarragon, and like a few others. A lot of, I guess, a lot of different vineyards over there will have their own like recipe for it. But it'll it'll like rest over this for I don't know six months to a year something like that, and then it's bottled and it's like a neon green color. Oh, that's interesting. It's very weird. It's mm-hmm. so like there was several it's times. Spicy it must be spicy. Too, yeah, it's right? very spicy. It's it's weird. Uh, uh-huh. It's the best thing I could describe it tasting like is like black licorice. Okay, but yet it still doesn't really taste like black licorice. That's only like similar flavor I can think of. Okay. Like, so like that, a, that like an anise absinthe. flavor. Yeah. 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 Very reminiscent of an absinthe as well. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but there's several times on, on the way where we'd go into a restaurant and we would be eating the pilgrim menu, but these, you know, they function as, uh, you know, regular restaurants to, you know, the general public there as well. So we'd see like locals come in and after finishing their meal, they would have just a, a little shot glass and they would be sipping this liquor and we kept seeing this so finally we, we were at this restaurant at one point and I had asked the waiter um, what that was and so he, he so aptly told me it was liquor um, <laughs> <laughs> liquor <laughs> um, what please <laughs> yeah I needed a bit more of a description to that but so, th- so that's where I got like how it was um, the byproduct of wine, he told me, mm-hmm. and so I asked him what it was, and he told me it was a Rujo. So I was able to go back and to look the Albergue later on and Google it and find more information about it. Um, but through the small interaction I had with him, I ended up ordering two of them because I was really curious. Every day up until that point, we had we had seen it. A couple days later, around and we seen it again. So I had asked the waiter again. I'm like, "Hey, can I have two of um? Can I have two of those?" And the woman had asked us if it we were walking the way for any specific reason. And I'm like, I'm not really. Um, and that's where we found out that she, she had told us that this is a drink that many people would drink for a special occasion. Or, um, if you're meeting somebody for dinner for a first date or, you know, wedding anniversary or something of that, it's not usually something you drink with a lot of frequency. Mm, Yeah. So I found that very interesting. Um, so we only had it after that time, like one other time on the trip. And it was um, when we were in Santiago. Okay. Celebrating the end of the trip. Kind exactly. Of, yeah. Um, in Santiago, we found like a nice little, it was a weird little bar. Now, it wasn't even quite a bar. It was more a store, but you could walk in and order a beer and like they, you could have a beer as you like kind of like peruse the few <laughs> things that they sold. And, um, they had like a lot of like almost like craft beers, but they also had some of this Arujo. So they had three bottles, and they do it three different ways. Like I said, they do it the the way with the herbs and spices. They sell it just regular, like you know, right off the still before they add anything to it. And they also sell it a third way, which is steeped over and rested over coffee beans. Oh, oh nice. boy! Ooh. All right, that one was yeah. phenomenal. That tastes yeah. like Kahlua. Yeah, <clears throat> it was great. Uh, so I bought. I ended up buying three of those bottles, and they were just really small bottles. I think it was like only 16, 18 ounces, um, 
what I ended up doing with those is I wore my hiking sandals on the plane that, you know, on, on our way home. And I shove those inside each bottle into my hiking shoes, <laughs> yeah. and then wrap my hiking shoes in my in like clothing and so shove them break. in the pack. Um, I had three bottles. I did that with two of my shoes and one of my girlfriend's shoes, yeah. which was a little bit more difficult because she has smaller feet than I do. <laughs> um, and just prayed that they didn't break mm. on the flight. Um, they didn't, thankfully. And I, the only one I still, I still have all three bottles. The only one I still have though is the. Is the the plain one okay. without anything added? Yeah, because it tastes like rubbing alcohol. Right, <laughs> it yeah. is not bearable unless it was steeped over something, which yeah. is why they Steep. steeped it with stuff. Um, really good stuff. That's cool. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, do you guys have any more questions? I think we hit everything on my list that I have I, over here. I have a few. As as we kind of bring this to the close, um, could you kind of describe the the so you reached the final point in what Santiago? Yeah. What 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 was kind of like you had to like check in at the very end of the last checkpoint, get your passport stamp, like what were what was kind of that process? Yeah, so we so we arrived in Santiago and it was that was another moment where it was very surreal. Um it, it it's weird because if if you're driving, um and I don't know who's listening that might know or have any sort of familiarity with with Massachusetts, but if you're driving south on 93, mm. right as you hit, I don't know, like Medford area maybe off 93. When you're getting close to Boston? When you're getting close to Boston, exactly. Yeah. You can see the Prudential Center. You mm-hmm. can see oh, yeah. you can see the cities you're crossing over. It was very similar to that. You're, you're walking, and we still had eight miles or so before we reached not even the center of the city the church of Santiago where it is technically the end but the city itself mm. um, and it's just like a surreal thing like oh we've been walking 500 miles <laughs> yeah yeah and this is the end you know mm. it, it was definitely a surreal f- feeling so we get to the end and the first thing so we, we get to the church we're kind of walking around and there's hundreds of people finishing the same time we are mm. and you, you have people crying you have people celebrating there's people walk um cracking open bottles of wine right in the side of this plaza um next to the church and so we started taking pictures and stuff like that we decided to leave this plaza and go check into the albergue that we were staying in uh so we we leave we go check into the albergue and we come back circle back and so we have this passport that we had gotten in Saint-Jean and I didn't mention this part but as you stay in different albergues or go to certain like locations or churches or restaurants along the way you have to get it stamped so that way you don't just get it in Saint-Jean and then you jump on a plane go to Santiago yeah like yeah I did this like I let me get you know let me get the the certification that I got it or that I that I walked this whole thing so you go to town to town village to village um and you get this passport you know the the folded out booklet you get it stamped along the way so you go to the um the santiago um pilgrim office and there's a big line and you stand in line you say i'd like my um i'd like my certificate stating that i've i've walked the way you don't have to do that there's you know there's quite a few people that that go and walk it because and they're not looking for a certificate to say they've done it you know they're there for that 
But I did it. I really wanted that certificate. <laughs> fucking uh, earned it, man. Yeah, yeah I, just, I just walked 500 miles. I wanted something to say that I did it. Yeah. Um, I didn't need it, but it was cool. So we, we go in, and we wait in line. And so there's two certificates you can get. You can get one that said, I just walked this. And then there's another one that's written completely in Latin. And they ask what your name is, and they write your name in what it would have been written as in Latin. And same thing as the first one. It's just handwritten the whole thing oh, nice. in latin is that the one they show in the movie i believe so okay yeah because yeah. he does mention i think that it was in latin yeah. yeah so the first one is free the second one that's completely handwritten in latin is like three or four euro just under five dollars so i paid for that as well and once you go in there that it's pretty much you've just finished um what if you check into the pilgrim office um the next day during morning mass at the Santiago church, uh, they will say all of the names during that mass of people that had uh, finished the pilgrimage the day prior. Mm. So I'm not a very religious person, but I really wanted to go to that church. Like I, I, yeah. Not only just to walk around, because we had seen a number of churches throughout our trip, but it was just one of those things that like, I, I wanted to do it. You know what I mean? It was, it was another surreal experience. It's good going closure in, there. in a way. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Very good closure. Um, you had watched the movie and you see and there was the big, um, it was, I don't, I really wish I knew the name. I didn't. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's the, the big bell thing with the smoke yes, and everything. With, with that, that they spray the smoke yeah. with um, and just being there, both being able to connect it to the movie as well as just, it is definitely uh a, a good feeling of closure mm. and it's, it's a serene experience it's a great experience yeah so we uh, we sat there through mass for a couple hours the next morning and um we just kind of the rest of that day pro- it was the day prior to going into madrid we just explored we walked around uh there was several times when we did meet with people that we had been walking with that whole day mm. um or the whole way rather yeah. not that day but the yeah. whole way and you know we'd kind of meet up with them and um, t- discuss what everybody's experiences were and stuff like that. Uh, we were sitting at a bar at one point and we seen some people. And but aside from that, it was just that initial. I I, I feel like the the two most important parts of the just finishing was just not even getting to the city itself, but was, but was just seeing that we were that close to finishing. Yeah. Uh, that's seeing cool. the city. Did you, when you asked for your certificate, did you give it like a fake name? So like <laughs> the, the, the preacher would be like, Dick Taint completed the way. Jack Mayhoff. <laughs> no. I, I, Mike Hunt. <laughs> That'd be kind of fucked up. Oh my God. Anyway, it would be, you switch your name out it, all the it would be It would be very messed up. But uh, no, unfortunately, you couldn't do that yeah. You, had, you had to hand over the, like some sort of actual identification yeah, card, yeah. as well as like you know your passport that was stamped along the way. Your like um, yeah. your papers and stuff like that had your had your name on it. Sure, but um, nice man. I have one last question before we before we wrap up. All right. Well, it's kind of a two parter. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I know. From well, you know, from personal experience, you know when you share a journey with people and it's a it's a long ride of emotions of 
happiness and fear and stress and sadness you know i know like like when you like i'll give you an example um when you go through like really hard times with people like you know whether it's through war or through uh long treks or whatever it sort of it brings people together through this kind of you know unspeakable bond camaraderie and camaraderie yeah it, shared it, experience yeah um yeah how how did that affect your relationship with your girlfriend um or or what was that that experience like share being able to share that with her both of you completing this together so we actually ended up breaking up about a week and a half after we got back. Nice. But- <laughs> that's no, that's 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 that perfect. That's that classic now. Kenny humor I was talking about. <laughs> no, no, um, no, no. So, so it definitely made us. I, I definitely feel a bit stronger. Um, that's actually one of the reasons why I was excited to go on the trip itself. Mm. Because I felt like only two things could have happened on this trip, and it would have been either it made or break. You yeah. know, it, was, it was a make it or break it situation. Yeah. And I definitely feel like that was a good thing going into it. Was you know coming out of it, I would have I would have known a bit more about that. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, one. So i had mentioned there was a point where we missed the train so we, we actually so when we took our not really zero day but we took three zero days because she had the the plantar fasciitis as well as she had twisted her ankle a few days prior we took our, the three zero days as like our rest days in yeah. leon um so we bought to kind of catch up we bought our train ticket or we bought a train ticket to skip about it was like 30 miles so instead of we, we it was three zero days but we skipped 30 miles sure. at, at the end of it just to kind of like make at least a little bit of catch up it only caught us up um you know like a day and a half worth of walking but we if we didn't do that we would have ended up not making it to santiago and making it to that wedding or catching it our flight so we right. wanted to be able to still make it to santiago of course um so we ended up missing that we ended up missing the planes, um, the the train yeah. that morning uh, because I couldn't read the marquee and I couldn't understand what the 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 person was saying over the loudspeakers. So by the time we realized what was going on, we kind of ran up and we had, you know, we we missed our plane from Paris to Saint Jean before we even got on the trail. We missed that train. Thankfully, we were able to exchange our tickets and take the next the next one. Um, we ended up missing something else as well. So, like, this was, like, the third time we had missed any sort of um, public transportation. You know, she was going through some plantar fasciitis. And there was mm-hmm. a, a few things, a few different things along the way. And she just kind of, like, broke down crying. And she's like, I don't know what we're going to do. Like, we're going to sit here in this train station. We're just going to wait for the next train. Because we ended up buying other train tickets. But the next train, you know, this was at, like, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. The next train was... At two a.m. that next morning, yeah, so you just and felt behind. Yeah, it was exactly. just overwhelming. It was it was very overwhelming. And she's like, "We're just gonna stay here." I'm like, "We can't stay in the train station." I'm like, "One, they're gonna close this down, and two, like, she's like, we'll sit outside, you know, on you know, on the bench, like, and we'll just we'll sleep here tonight, and like, it's not safe. Like, we're in a bigger city right now. Like, we can't do this." She's like, "Yeah, but we don't have the 
you know, we're trying to save the money and this and the other thing. We can't stay for another, you know, there's no point in checking into a albergue to go to bed at nine o'clock and then just, and then, you know, wake up at one thirty in the morning for four hours. I'm like, we need sleep. We're not going to be able to sleep outside the, the, the train station. She goes, you know, so it was a whole bunch of back and forth, but like, I, that was like one instance where like, we definitely, I feel like overcame a lot like it definitely kind of brought us a bit closer. We ended up, I, I ended up like convincing like, listen, we can stand in a hostel. Sure. We stayed in a hostel. Uh, we were both hungry. So like we actually w- ended up going out. We found a local brewery, which we were trying to go to when we were doing our zero days that time. We weren't able to go to because they were closed those days. So we ended up going that night. Got some, uh, it was a cool little brewery. They they had um, like a whole bunch of like, Americana hung up. They had like an Obama. <laughs> they, they had like an Obama poster with like hope and change. Oh, you know, cool, cool place. But yeah, so we we ended up going there. We you know checked back into the hostel after we went out to eat, and we, yeah, we only slept for like three and a half, four hours that night. Mm. But it was a good time, yeah. and you know we we were able to overcome that. And as awesome as it was for me to like I said like just crest over that you know that 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 ridge and see the city itself it was awesome but then as you know looking like looking at her too like you know like she got way more emotional than i did initially and mm. then like seeing her get that emotional was was what made me even more so absolutely yeah yeah i mean you're you go along this beautiful journey and you know when you go through hell together ups downs the good times the bad times man it's you know, you come out stronger in the end, yeah, and certainly closer. My my last question before we kind of wrap up is, you know, what did you, what do you feel like you learned or gained from this trip about yourself? I mean, trekking five hundred miles, going to Spain, all of this stuff happening in the last year. I mean, what did you what did you take away from this, or what did you learn about yourself? That's one thing I actually still think about like it, it, it's a lot of times like especially as you get towards the end of uh the camino um a lot of people are thinking or a lot of people bring up in conversation like why are you here but not only why are you here but what have you taken away from this or what what, what are you getting from this yeah what have you learned and i've aside from what that did for not me but well yeah for me but for us like i just stated it's like i i have yet to be able to solidify or like point pinpoint exactly what that did for me personally okay um i feel there's definitely stuff that i i know there's there's a lot more there than just the experience of a lifetime i just haven't completely figured that out yet yeah which is okay it makes sense I mean, I would, I would got to imagine there is at least a little bit of a cognitive shift, yeah. You know, in your in in your soul from, you know, then and then now, you know, after that experience. And I, I definitely believe there is. I just haven't found a way to put it into words yet. Mm. And like identify what that is. Maybe you don't need to. That's yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, not everything needs to be wrapped up in a pretty bow at the end. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 He knows what the smell of pig blood is. <laughs> 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 All right. No, yeah. Great story, man. I, I no, definitely. Great fucking beautiful journey. Yeah. Thank you. For sure. Thank you yeah. for sharing with us. This is awesome. All right. Thanks, Kenny Bean.
Kenny Bain. Kenny Bain. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. We'll catch you guys on the other side of this sweet buffer track I'm about to play for you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See you later. When I wake up, yeah, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who wakes up next to you. When I go out, yeah, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who goes along with you. If I get drunk, well, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who gets drunk next to you. And if I have her, yeah, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who's ever into you. But I would walk 500 miles and I would walk 500 more just to be the man who walks a thousand miles to fall down at your door. When I'm working, yes I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who's working hard for you. And when the money comes in for the work I do, I'll pass almost every penny on to you. When I come home, when I come home, well I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who comes back home to you. And if I grow, when I grow, well I know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be the man who's growing old with you. But I would walk 500 miles, and I would walk 500 more just to be the man who walks a thousand miles to fall down at your door. Yeah, so that was a pretty cool uh, buffer track, right, guys? Oh, I love that mm. buffer track. There was like we get like 500 people in the studio for those gang vocals. Crazy, that was yeah. amazing. Yeah, so so we're we're doing some QC now, though, right? Quality control, yeah. QC. Yeah. yeah. Want to uh, thank Kenny Bean again for coming and sharing his pretty sweet story. For sure, indeed, yeah. it makes me want to do it for sure. For show, it's a, it sounds awesome. Um. And we've got a couple points of QC, right? Him, yeah. him, him. You had you had one that was food related. It was I just believe. bothering me. It was just yeah. bothering me a lot. We were talking about like rice and like cooking it up, and I yeah. I made a comment. I like jumped the gun and mm-hmm. saying, uh, you had said a cup of uncooked rice, and I and I chimed in. I was like, oh, that's forty five grams of carbs. <laughs> well, no, it's not because a cup. Actually, when you cook it, it you know doubles in portion, right? Yeah, because so, of the water that gets soaked up. Yeah, it expands. Yeah. So it's actually two cups of rice, which is ninety gram ninety grams of carbs. And yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. So if you guys are out there and you're watching your carbs and you eat two cups of rice, <laughs> yeah. it's a pretty big hit right there. Right. Um, Talking I, to you diabetics out there. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I've got a few things. We'll start off with um, the song that we uh, we played around with in the buffer track, which Kenny mentions during the episode, which is called I'm Gonna Be, parentheses, 500 Miles, by the Proclaimers. Mm, good and uh, yeah, I just wanted to give those guys some credit. I'm sure you guys have probably all heard that at some point or another. Definitely, definitely. Um, and now we'll move on to animals more specifically coyotes which we know exist in north america but we questioned are they in spain and i tried to look up uh if there were coyotes in spain or in europe in general and it appears that they have it's like a cousin to the coyote which is some kind of jackal 
And when mm. I was looking at pictures of these things, they kind of look like coyotes. I think they were a little bit smaller than coyotes, though. And um, I think there is an uptick in the population of these jackals over there right now. Uh-oh. Yeah, and they're all it's all in that in the family that's dogs and wolves and all that stuff. Um, so watch out for those jackals if mm. you're if you're in in the Spain. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, the next thing I've got here is um, the comic book that Kenny read before the trip. And the name of that comic book is On the Camino. And like Kenny said in the episode, it's by a guy that just goes by the name Jason. And it was an autobiographical comic um, of a trip that that guy Jason took to do the Camino de Santiago when he turned 50. So you can easily find that online and check that guy out. The next little part I have here is about one of our favorite topics at Thirst for Knowledge Podcast, and that would be alcohol. Yeah. So when uh, Kenny had bought those three different bottles of liquor when he was on his way back, um, as he said, it was called Arujo. And as we uh, were speculating, it is very similar to grappa. So all they belong to this family of alcoholic beverages called pomace brandy, and it's a liquor that's distilled from pomace, which is a substance that's left over in winemaking after the grapes have been pressed. So depending on what region you're in and the process that is going into um, making this pomace brandy, they call it different things in different parts. Like in England and France, they call it Mark and Italy they call it grappa and then there's a few other versions depending on where you are but the stuff that Kenny got was a rujo and yeah that's that's all I've got for the alcohol portion but it sounds delicious especially that coffee one that he had yes I wanted to try it I know I was thirsted yeah thirsted for that I just wanted to make one quick point yeah he only spent 1500 bucks for that whole trip. I know, dude. And that's so sick. Like, that would be a perfect trip for, like, anybody. Even, like, it's like a low-budget, awesome vacation. So, yeah, made me want to do it, for sure. For 45 days. For 45 days. That's crazy. 1500 bucks. So, he did this trip about a year ago. At that same time, <clears throat> um, me and my wife did a trip for two weeks. Out half that. Half, like, a a third of that time or whatever it was and it cost more definitely and we just went out to the west coast of the u.s you know and i mean you could have done it a little bit cheaper than we did but we tried to do it on a budget as much as we could um right but yeah he definitely got bang for his buck out over there man yeah um that big thing that when kenny reached the end and he went to the mass and they're swinging that large bell that has the smoke coming out of it like you see at the end of the movie with martin sheen that thing is called a thurible and um the one that is in the santiago de compostela cathedral is called the bota fumero and um that is probably one of the most famous thurible's and its name is Galician for smoke expeller, which is what it does. And um, the smoke comes from incense that is burning inside of that giant thing. If any of you have been to any kind of Catholic mass, like I was when I was a child, you see those guys around. swinging those things around with the smoke coming out of them. Yeah. Um, and last but not least, I've mm-hmm. got some fun stats for people that have finished the Camino de Santiago. 
And when they first started tracking this back in 1985, there were 690 people that finished in that year. All right. And this has increased massively over the next 23 years or so. 33 years, rather. Yeah, 33 years. And it spikes in holy years. So there's certain years that, for whatever reason, they consider a holy year. Like Y2K? <laughs> Y2K was not a holy year. <laughs> uh, but so uh, for comparison, in 1992, there was a, a, like just under 8,000, uh, just under 10,000 people that finished. Now, 1993 was a holy year. And in that year, 99,000 people did it. Wow. That's a tremendous difference. That's a huge yeah. difference. And then back in 1994, it's back down to like just under 16,000 people finishing it. So the next holy year was in 2009. Huh? I think that was the release of Taco Bell Lava Sauce was 2009. <laughs> I, maybe makes that makes sense. <clears throat> I, I but I misspoke. Uh, that was in 2010 was the, oh. the the last holy year, and then 2009 I, I had brought up those stats for comparison. So the last holy year there was was in 2010, and there was 272,000 people that finished. The year before that, in 2009, there was 145,000 people wow. that finished. So there's a big difference. So, so you still got a, a jump up there. But last year, when Kenny did it, in 2018, there was 327,378 people that finished. Damn. Which is crazy. That it's year. Shitload. That year. Yeah, so in 2018, that 327,000 people did it. As compared to the last holy year, which was in 2010... Which actually, I think, was the same year that the Martin Sheen movie came out. Oh. I don't know if that was coincidence or if they planned it that way, but yeah. So this thing is definitely gaining in popularity, like big time. Yeah. And I mean, if you listen to the podcast, like there's a lot of cool stuff that Kenny saw and got to experience. Right. And like James just mentioned, on a budget, you know, Cheap. which is, which is huge. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that that's all I got, guys. All right, cool. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to uh, rate, review, and subscribe. And uh, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Sausage candles.